Welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, episode 247, Reunion with Ourselves. Welcome to the HeartSpeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host... Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there if you're on the world. I hope you're having a good time, especially on this time of the solstice. Here I am in the summer solstice in the northern hemisphere, and some of you may be in the winter solstice if you're in the southern hemisphere, but here in the northern hemisphere, we're celebrating the fullness of the light, while those in a winter solstice are celebrating the return of the light. I'm just going to talk a little bit more about what it means to be in this fullness of the light, if I may, because it is a time that we look back again, whether in a, the winter or summer solstice, you're looking back over six months. For, so for me, with the summer solstice, I'm looking back and saying, okay, what projects have I put into being since the last solstice, December the 21st until now? this is the growth of ourselves, the growth of the sun, the sun being at its highest point on this day. And that means that it's saying, what are you celebrating about yourself? What have you found out about yourself? What have you achieved in this last six months? Where has light been shone on the part of your life that you didn't know about? Have you started something completely new and you're looking back and saying, wow, Did I learn all of that just in the last six months? Or maybe it's taken a little longer. But sometimes I find myself thinking, how come I started this journey of learning about this? Do I remember the beginning? If you saw the film Inception, the question he asks is, do you ever remember the beginning of a dream? How did you get there? And I often feel that's like my life. How did I ever get here? I can't remember how this dream started. Did I think, hmm, I'm going to learn more about this? Or as often happens, I feel I already know it. I'm just relearning something, the reunion. I'm reuniting with myself. Have you had that experience? Sometimes it's with a person, isn't it? We kind of reunite ourselves with someone and we go, I just know this person. We just clicked as soon as we met. So this idea of celebration at this summer solstice or the sun returning or the light returning is about that reunion, coming back to ourselves. And we do it through various ways. We, we find ourselves resonating with a person. I'm very keen on that word. And that resonance doesn't come from me just saying, oh, I like that person. What I'm saying is I am feeling my own vibration and this person resonates with them. And this is how we have that reunion with ourselves. And you may yourself be in two reunions in your life. Maybe you have family reunions every year and you look at each other and go, wow, look how you've grown. Look how old you look and look how thin you look and fat, whatever. We all have those judgments when we meet up with people after a period of time. Or sometimes we don't. We go, oh, my goodness, I haven't seen you for years. And it's as if it was just yesterday. We have that reunion feeling, yes? And it reminded me this day that it's 45 years since I qualified as a doctor from the Royal Free Medical School in the University of London. I thought, 45 years? 
And I'm going to say hand on heart, I am still a doctor. And it's interesting that people say to me, oh, so you left the profession when I went and practiced more holistically and started homeopathy, et cetera. Oh, so you're no longer practicing. And I said, oh, no, I'm still practicing what I agreed to do on the day I took that oath. First, do no harm. Secondly, doctoring is to bring people back to their center, bring them back to themselves. That's what a doctor needs to do. I am helping you to know your wholeness. The word wholeness coming from the word holus, to be whole, it's where the word healing comes from. I am helping you to heal yourself, to, ex to experience yourself, to have a reunion with yourself. And it's not dissimilar to the fact that we only know about 8 or 9% of our DNA in terms of its genome, what it does for our body. 91% is a mystery. But that mystery is being exposed at this time, and we are finding that we are more than we thought we were. We're certainly more than we thought we were, and we may find that we're connecting more with the idea of being an ET or a star being. We may find ourselves connecting with parallel lives, or we may find ourselves connecting with past lives, or we may just find our inner knowing and say, I didn't know I could do this. So this discovery of ourselves, I think, is going to speed up. And I believe today this solstice is a speeding up process. So be very mindful that between now, June 21st, December 21st, things are really going to go fast, but also so much more light is going to be shone on areas that have been in darkness. And that includes people's ideas or people's beliefs or people's actions. And I think we all want that, that we cannot have peace until everything is brought to the surface, everything is exposed, and including ourselves. Who am I? Let me show you who I am. And there's far too much secrecy going on, it's too much happening that is being brushed under the carpet. And my real desire is that we should shine a light on this, bring things up from the inner world or the other world or the underworld and let it come to be seen. Once it's seen, we all know how to deal with this. There are far too many secrets and lies that are going on at this time. And I feel the light is going to shine. And not only is that light shining, as I say, as secrets become exposed, people who are brave enough to come forward, so like the whistleblowers who are talking about their knowledge of UFOs or UAPs through Stephen Greer doing a great job, but also the light within us. Have you ever looked into someone's eyes and thought, there's nobody at home? <laughs> and sometimes there is nobody at home. But you, you know when you're looking into the eyes of a baby, a child, that there's this bright light. And then sometimes it becomes diminished. It's almost as if the person disappears inside themselves. And I think over the next few years, we're going to be more observant of who am I having a reunion with? Who am I reacting to? Who am I meeting? And is there anybody at home? And obviously, if you have a bright energy, as I'm sure many of you do, you'll find you're not resonating with those beings because there's nothing to vibrate off. There's no echo <laughs> that's coming back to you. And I think that this is not a bad thing. It's not about sending them love and light. If I'm honest, I think there's going to be more and more holographic forms that are created 
even AI that are going to look very human. And perhaps we need to start to become aware of, actually, I want to resonate with those who have a vibration that's similar to mine. And to do that, we need to have that vibration in ourselves first. So being more aware of the energy that was in within us is about celebrating ourselves. I'm always talking about celebrating. But if we are not full of that light of celebration, of gratitude, of of success or just pleasure. And I know I'm giving different words there, but when we celebrate, we are literally meeting ourselves. So that if I say, wow, I did this and it feels good, I'm meeting myself. This is how we understand who we are. If I eat a nice meal, it's not enough just to say, oh, I ate that meal. It's like, did I have pleasure? Because pleasure, again, is a sensory experience that says I'm meeting myself in that food. I mean, I'm enjoying that food. So, so much of what we are doing every day is about uh, sending out our energy and letting it echo back to us or resonate back to us. Hope that makes sense. And if we send out an, a frequency and it doesn't come back, then what we're saying is, I don't really resonate with that person, or I didn't really like their energy, or it didn't really you know, meet mine. And the truth is, no, it didn't. <laughs> it's a great signal to say, that's probably not someone I want to continue resonating with. Or meeting, I should say, because you're not resonating with them. So through our lives, we are often finding ourselves looking into someone's eyes, aren't we? We meet them and we first of all look to their eyes. I know that some cultures that's not correct, but the majority of cultures it's about, is there someone at home through their eyes? Am I feeling that desire to communicate with me through my eyes, through my voice, through my heart? Or are they choosing not to do that for whatever reason? Or is that not possible for them? And again, we all know of ways of like how to send out a little bit more love and say, hey, you want to resonate with me? Do you want to meet me? And if there's no response, we tend to pull away. And so this whole idea of celebration, this energy of light, which carries information, is, is building, especially at times like this at the summer solstice, but it's really saying is bring into my life those, that, those light energies that resonate with me. And I'm using the word light not in deference to dark. I'm saying light is consciousness. Light is information. So bring into my life all those lights of consciousness that help me to know who I am and to inspire me to be all that I am. And at this summer solstice, it is actually meta metaphysically the end of that period because now from a summer solstice, we, we start to go into the darkness and we don't go darkness negative, but we start to absorb all those energies of inexperience and we know ourselves better. So if we're here in the summer solstice for the next six months, it's time of, of time of absorbing, not necessarily putting out, although I'm not saying don't, don't start a project, but I'm just saying be aware of who am I meeting in myself over these next six months. And it may be a time where you're being reflective. It's really a good thing. It's always good to be reflective. So it might be that you're reflecting, where have I got weeds in my garden? I'm a gardener, so I use those metaphors. Where have I got weeds in my garden that are stopping other plants growing? Or where have I got a big tree that's stopping other plants growing? 
And it's really about where am I not letting the light shine in my own life? So it might be I'm so busy with something that I'm not giving the light to those poor little plants under my tree. Or it may be I'm holding on to beliefs that are actually suffocating the life out of new plants. So where am I stopping myself at every thought? Oh, I could do this. Oh, yeah, but it will never work for you. You know, nothing ever like that works for you. So where do we talk down to ourselves or, or put ourselves back into a small box? Who do you think you are? So if your light is coming out, recognize at this time, what stops that light shining? Is it you're walking along and then you suddenly remember something that, oh, I can't be happy because someone else is unhappy. Oh, I shouldn't feel like that because I'm, I'm being mean to others. I don't know. So are we thinking more of others rather than ourselves? Are we doing more inner work? Well, now it's time to do outer work. Or maybe we're doing outer work and it's time to do some inner work. You know, sometimes we spend so much time reflecting on life, which is, is inner work, that we forget that there's a life outside. So there's a time for both. It always reminds me of the Winnie the Pooh stories, where Winnie the Pooh is looking for someone, looking for his honey, and he's going round and round this tree, but he keeps going round and round in circles, so he now sees his footprints in the snow. And he goes, oh, look, someone's after my honey. I've got to move faster. So he keeps going round and round. And then now there's a whole group of people going after my honey. <laughs> and of course, it's just him. And sometimes that's what happens to us. We get so caught up in introspection that we find ourselves running away from ourselves. We actually create the fears that we're, we went into introspection for in the first place, where are we actually drawing into ourselves more demons than we actually need. So there's a time for the light, there's a time for the dark, there's a time for helping others, there's a time for helping ourselves, there's a time for going inwards, and there's time for enjoying the resonance outside. This is a wonderful time of, as I say, reunion, reflection, reunion. And it reminded me, going back to my days as a doctor, or as a qualified doctor, that I think it was 20 years on from, yes, it was, it was... It was 20 years on from the time we qualified that we had a reunion at our medical school. And I have to say that by then I had written a few books. I was very much out in my holistic world. I was an iridologist, a homeopath, did nutrition. I had a radio program. Uh, there was a lot going on in my life. And I really had moved quite away from what we might consider orthodox medicine, even though I had spent quite a lot of time in there as well. And I thought as I was going to the reunion, oh, my goodness, what will people think? They'll all be telling me, oh, I'm still doing this as a consultant or that, and I'm going to be telling them about my more holistic world. And I suppose I was judging that as being not so valuable. Uh, that's I'm honest. But as soon as I walked into that place, I was met with people saying, oh, my past students, oh, my goodness, tell us more about holistic medicine. Tell us more about intuition and chakras. I'm ready to get into this work. Tell me how you've succeeded. What else should I learn? And it was one of those moments, the aha moments, when I realized that where I had thought that I'd taken a maybe a sideward step, I'd actually taken a step in a direction that was very pioneering and, and really many people wanted to hear about it. 
And it, and it reminded me of how much I've done that in my life. Maybe you have. And this is, again, the reunion with myself, the remembering of myself. It's like, wow, I have, I don't know if it's taken risks, but I've listened to my intuition every time I needed to. And every time I felt I was hitting a brick wall, I would say, as you've heard me speak about, close all the doors not in harmony with my soul and open those that are. And it works very nicely for me. But I remember the reason for leaving my general practice was several. One, I had started to be, do more homeopathy. Two, <laughs> is my patients were fed up. And, and in Britain, they, don't, they weren't paying for any health service. But they said, we would rather pay you for an hour out of our own pockets than be, see you only for six minutes, the six-minute patient. And I remember a very old lady who came and I said, oh, for goodness sake, you, you can't pay that amount of money. She said, don't insult me. I have saved this money up to come and see you. You will take it. <laughs> I learned a lot about people when they value something, they will pay for it. And that exchange of energy is so important. So I remember, as I say, one of the reasons of leaving was because my patients asked me to do that. A second thing was that by then I had taught a lot about homeopathy and aromatherapy and all my homes, all my families, my parents all had mini homeopathic sets, mini aromatherapy sets. They all knew what to do in the first 24 hours if they could deal with a childhood illness. Again, also told them how to make sure they contacted me if something was very serious but I'd almost felt I was making myself redundant. And I remember that I thought at the time, 80% of my patients were on treatments and really was a case. I'm saying the ones who, you know, the older patients were much more often on treatments. And I often used to say to them, just keep taking the tablets. I mean, that's the saying we use. And I thought this isn't making them whole. This is making them dependent on a treatment. It's not actually... It's all, it's, it's not actually changing them. It's just, it's just suppressing the symptoms. And we still do that to a huge degree. Not only do we suppress symptoms in the orthodox world, we actually cause symptoms that were never there in the first place. And when I did leave, I got 50% of those patients off all treatments using homeopathy, nutrition, and counseling. Because once you are well, you don't continue taking homeopathy. It's only while you have symptoms. But just going back to my leaving, I remember my manager coming in and saying, oh, Christine, you know, we've done so well for whatever reason. Um, you have another thousand dollars, thousand pounds coming to you. And that was a lot of money in those days. And I said, I don't actually need more money. I need to feel more satisfied in myself for why I went into medicine. And I went in first, do no harm. Secondly, was to make sure that I help people return to themselves. And I believe that I have continued that path, whether teaching intuition, teaching to listen to the body, whether I've taught astrology or numerology, my journey is always to put the soul in the center of their life and say, how do I help you to have reunion with yourself, to return to yourself? And anybody, any therapist, any practitioner who is not doing that cannot call themselves not only a, not a doctor, but actually a therapist as such. 
Our whole journey is to return people to themselves, to teach them how to listen to their own intuition, teach them how to listen to their body, to treat themselves well. That is the journey of healing and reunion. And so I carry that just to my last little piece for this podcast, and that is that I have been traveling around the area where I live, up around the four corners, uh, different tribes and different Pueblo people, uh, Native Indians to the area, mainly in our area here in the southwest of the USA. And I've been learning about their customs. And one of the places I visited was the Taos Pueblo. And Taos is north of where we live here. And I'd been there, oh, I think again, probably 30 or 40 years ago. And I was fascinated to see it hadn't really changed in all the years since I was there last. And I went on the little tour and really the young lady from high school who was giving the lecture was very, very good. And she told me a lot of the things that I'd heard before. She told me how the different tribes had come in together to create the Pueblo. And these people believe they come from the Anasazi. Other people do. They may call them by different names. But when I said, well, how long have you been here? She said, infinite time. We believe we come from the infinite. And I thought, how wonderful. It wasn't a limit at all. <laughs> so they believe they come from the land, from within the land. The land is theirs. And for the Taos Pueblo, they believe they come from what's called the Blue Lake, which is in a very mysterious place in the mountains of New Mexico. And nobody's allowed to go there. And they only back in 1970, were given back their land to do their sacred processes because it had been taken from them. But they believe that they come from these waters, they become from the land, and this really ties into a lot of traditions who believe they come from the water or from the inner worlds. And she was sharing the, the water that they drink, and that comes from that lake, and she was showing how they dry food and how they make food. And, but it always reminded me of the piece from the church she says that they were there and then, first of all, the Spaniards came and brought Christianity, Catholicism, then the Mexicans came and they battled around and nearly were wiped out. But I remember one of the stories was that the Catholic priest came and said, you know, you, you cannot do what you're doing in terms of burial because what they were doing is that someone, when someone died, they would bury them in the earth, earth to earth, earth to ashes, without a coffin because they wanted them to be able to return to the earth as soon as they could. And what they would do is they would put them into the ground. And this is very similar to what I've heard in the Mayan culture uh, and sometimes in the Inca cultures. Many of these different cultures have similar energies that once you put them in the ground, you'd put a, a cross on top of them, a stick at least, and you would have different colors depending if you were a young person or old person. And when the stick fell over, the cross fell over, it meant that you'd gone. So you could bury someone else on top of that stick, under that stick, I should say. I just love that. And I remember as I walked into the church this time that they had this one coffin. And I remember being told that when the Pueblo people heard that they should bury someone in a coffin, they were so disgusted by this. They said, well, why would we do that? That would stop them having that experience. And so what they had, and they had it in the church now, this one coffin. So for the ceremony, they place the person in that one coffin. They take them to the earth. Then they just 
take them out of the coffin, put them in the earth. And so they continue around their ways, <laughs> which I just love. It's like, how do we adapt to people's beliefs and ways without getting trampled upon? And it reminds me of one other story, which was where they would, where the Catholics had gone into, I think, again, I'm thinking this was probably the Maya lands. And they were told that you now need to worship inside a box. It's called a church. And prior to this, the people had worshipped out in nature because that's where, of course, they saw the world. They, they said, God is in everything. God is in the trees. God is in the rocks. God is in the water. We don't need to be inside a box to be able to worship our God. So the Catholics said, no, 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 you have to come to this church. You have to come here. And so what they did was they brought all the trees into the church. So if you go into a, one of the ancient churches there, literally the place is full of trees. And when they were told that, you know, here's Jesus, here's Mary, they went, okay, you know, we'll take on these characters. But what they did is they dressed them in their clothes and every year they get new clothes, new colored clothes. It's like, okay, Here's a character we very much admire and respect, but we're not going to do it this way. We're going to give them new clothes every season, which is what we do with our own people, our own deities. And the last church I went into um, that I'm thinking was just north of Palenque. Not only did they have trees in there and they had all these figures all dressed up, but they also had the medicine men sitting on the ground. There were no chairs. So the medicine men were there and they had candles in front of them. And in front of the candles were, was a bottle of Coca-Cola because they felt that if they burped, then they got rid of spirits. And this is what the person who wanted healing would bring. They'd bring them a bottle of Coke and often a dead chicken as an offering to the medicine man. And he would then light these different colored and colored and leveled candles. So this was your spirit, mind, body, emotion, whatever, and would read your healing or what you needed healing by how quickly the candles burnt down. And then he would obviously breathe out the spirits that were stopping you having your full life and et cetera, et cetera. Now, I finished with that because I just want to say that so many times people say, oh, these are all just myths. These are you know, how can they be so crazy to think that candles can tell you this or that burping will help? I don't think it's for us to actually question that. I've heard the craziest stories as a doctor of people who believe this is why they got sick and this is why they got better. And I'm saying crazy not because I think it's crazy. It's just like, go on, bring it on. Tell me. Because it's probably got a real truth. And even if I might not understand that truth, if it vibes with you, if it resonates with you, then it's true. And I think this is a time where listening to ourselves, having that reunion with ourselves, having that reunion in order to experience health and wholeness is so vitally important. Eating foods that resonate with us, not because somebody said, eat this or don't eat it. Being more in tune, not just with our addictive nature that says, give me more and more, but what will actually soothe my soul? What will give me pleasure? 
And so I leave you on this special day and I celebrate you and I enjoy our time and I will look forward to a new reunion with you next week. Take care now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of Heart Speak.